everybody. I'm Dr. Armen, Professor Armen Astvatsadrian from Yerevan, Armenia. Hey, my dear friends, you're on a Dr. Y channel. Dear students, take your pens, papers, and let's try to uh, make the notes because it's very important to write the notes. And today's question is all around Rader's syndrome. So you find you find the question, the definition of the question is noted like a Rader's syndrome or Rader's disease. No, actually, this is a question of tradition. Of course, we talk about Rader's syndrome, and actually, there is a problem of my pronunciation, and I will try to I write something, and you will be listening that I will say in a uh, more correct. Uh, English pronunciation. But anyway, let's start. Let's go. So, what is Rader's syndrome? Rader's syndrome, also known as a reactive arthritis, is the classic triad of a conjunctivitis or arthritis and arthritis occurring after the infection, particularly those in the urinogenital or gastrointestinal tract. Dermatologic manifestation, including keratoderma, brenorrhagicum, Serginate, balanitis, ulcerative vulvitis, nail changes, and oral lesions. Epidemiologically, the disease is more common in men, although cases have also been reported in children and women. The pathophysiology has yet to be elucidated. All the infections and immune factors are likely involved. Clinically, presentation, severity, and prognosis are wide, vary widely. Treatment is difficult, especially in immunocompromised patients. Prognostic is variable. 15 to 20% of patients may develop severe chronic sequelae. My friends, if you answer in this manner, I will try to... Uh, so, I will give the, my assistant to please uh, repeat uh, what I'm saying. If you answer in this manner, for me, it's largely sufficient. So, my assistant, please repeat what I'm saying in more correct English, of course. Let's go. Writer's syndrome, also known as reactive arthritis, is the classic triad of conjunctivitis, urethritis, and arthritis occurring after an infection particularly those in the urogenital or gastrointestinal tract. Dermatologic manifestations are common, including keratoderma blenorragicum, circinate balanitis, ulcerative vulvitis, nail changes, and oral lesions. Epidemiologically, the disease is more common in men although cases have also been reported in children and women. The pathophysiology has yet to be elucidated. Although infectious and immune factors are likely involved, clinical presentation, severity, and prognosis vary widely. Treatment is difficult, especially in immunocompromised patients. Prognosis is variable. 15% to 20% of patients may develop severe chronic sequelae. So anyway, I have never, I can never pronounce, I can never pronounce in this very good Oxford English, so I'm sorry, huh, for my pronunciation. So that's why I write and my 
Google Assistant help me to pronounce. Sure, I suppose you understand huh, what we are talking about. So let's continue anyway. So you understand that reactive arthritis is an acute spondylarthropathy that often seems precipitated by an infection, usually genitourinary or gastrointestinal. Common manifestation include asymmetric arthritis or variable severity that tends to affect the lower extremities with sausage-shaped deformations, deformities of fingers or toes or both, large effusions, constitutional symptoms, enthesitis, tendonitis, and mucocutaneous ulcers, including hyperkeratotic hyperkeratotic or crusted vesicular lesions, so-called keratoderma blenorrhagicum. Diagnosis is clinical, and treatment involves non-steroid or anti-inflammatory drugs and sometimes sulfasalazine and immunosuppressants. Uh, so, reactive arthritis is an acute spondyloarthropathy, as we understand that, and uh, if you answer in this manner, for me, real, my friends, is uh, largely uh, largely uh, sufficient. But who knows? Huh? Actually, there is a nuance. There is a nuance. Because spondylarthropathy associated with urethritis or cervicitis conjunctivities and mucocutaneous lesions previously called Rader syndrome. So it's one of type of reactive arthritis. This is a nuance. No, anyway, when we talk about reactive arthritis, we understand we talk about, uh, sorry, when we talk about Rider's syndrome, we understand that we talk about uh, reactive arthritis. So I see another question. So, uh, no, if you will find another question, so there are a lot of questions concerning Rider's disease, so we have to answer, huh? anyway. If, for example, jury comes, insist to answer on the another questions of your ticket uh, they've got the rule they've got the right to uh, ask the question so you have to you have to answer so etiology of Rader's disease or etiology of reactive arthritis we have two forms of reactive arthritis uh, so uh, so they are common Sexu actually sexually transmitted and dysenteric the sexual transmitted form occurs primarily in men aged 20 to 40. Genital infection with chlamydia, chlamydia trachomatis, are most often implicated. Men or women can acquire the dysenteric form after enteric infections, primary shigella, salmonella, clostridios difficile, yersinia or campylobacteri. Clostridiodes difficile. No, difficile and difficile. Um, Bacilli gelmet-gurin injection for bladder cancer has also been reported to trigger reactive arthritis. Okay, so Bacilli uh, gelmet-gurin injection for bladder cancer has also been reported reported for trigger reactive arthritis. In approximately in 40% of cases, infectious pathogens cannot be identified. Reactive arthritis is uh, post-infectious arthritis. Although there is evidence of microbial antigens in the synovium, organisms cannot be cultured from joint fluid. 
it's it's this the fact. Actually, this is a problem. Huh? Uh, but anyway, so, so this is not a question of the exams. Huh? This is a theoretical uh, understanding of the problem. So Rader's Rader's disease, Rader's disease pathogenesis, pathogenesis, uh, pathogenesis. Rader's disease, also known as a reactive arthritis, is a type of inflammatory arthritis that typically occurs as a reaction to an infection in another part of the body. That's why it's a, a reactive arthritis, actually. So the exact pathogenesis of Rader's disease is not fully understood, as we mentioned above, but it's thought to involve a complex interplayers between uh, interplay between genetic predisposition, of course, genetic determination, we understand that, Questionable, but anyway, so the complex interplay between genetic uh, predisposition, immune system, immune system activation, and environmental triggers, particularly infections. So genetic predispositions. There is an evidence, when we talk about pathogenesis, there is an evidence uh, to suggest that certain genetic factors may increase an individual susceptibility to developing Rader's disease, no Rader's syndrome. So Rader's syndrome, Rader's disease, the same thing. For example, the presence of a specific ge genetic marker called human leukocyte antigen that we talked about in the previous lecture, uh, uh, ankylosing spondylitis, huh? so called human leukocyte antigen HLA-B27, has been strongly associated with Rader's disease. Infection. In many cases, Rader's disease is triggered by an infection in another part of the body, typically the gastrointestinal or genitourinary tract. The most commonly implicated infections are sexually transmitted infections, such as chlamydia, trachomatis, but other bacterial, viral, and fungal infections have also been implicated. It's believed that the infection triggers an abnormal immune response leading to inflammation in the joints, eyes and other organs, immune system activation, third point, the immune system plays a key role in the pathogenesis of Rader's disease, so it's believed that the infection triggers and immune response that leads to production of antibodies against the infection. These antibodies, along with immune cells, immigrate to the joints and other affected organs causing inflammation and tissue damage. The immune response may also involve the release of cytokines, which are proteins and which, which, which are proteins that regulate inflammation, further contributing to the inflammatory process. Environmental factors, fourth point. So in addition to genetic predisposition and infection, environmental factors may also play a role in the development of Rader's disease. For example, exposure to certain environmental triggers such as trauma, stress, or certain medications may increase the risk of developing the condition of trigger disease flares in those already predisposed. 
So in summary, the pathogenesis of Rader's disease is a complex and likely involves a combination of genetic predisposition, immune system activation, environmental triggers, particularly infections. Now, of course, further, uh, further research is needed to fully understand the underlying mechanisms and develop effective treatment of this condition. Next is a clinic. So once again, my friend, if you find a question like this clinic, it's a question of tradition. We understand the science, symptoms and signs, or signs and symptoms, no, clinical signs and symptoms, of course, of reactive arthritis or Rader's disease, Rader's syndrome. Reactive arthritis can range from uh, transient monoarticular arthritis to a severe multi-system disorder. Constitutional symptoms may include fever, fatigue, and weight loss. Arthritis may be mild or severe. Joint involvement is generally asymmetric or and oligoarticular oligo or polyarticular, occurring predominantly in the toes and large joints of the lower extremities and may include large knee effusions. Back pain may occur usually with severe disease. Joint damage occurs rarely. Axial involvement is more often reported in patients with positive HLA B27 and usually is asymmetric with large and bulky syndesmopathy. Syndesmophytes. Syndesmophytes. So then, an antisopathy. Antisopathy. Inflammation of tendons insertion into the bone, for example, plantar fasciitis, digital periostitis, achyl tendonitis is common and characteristic. Belly. Mucocutaneous lesions, small transient relative painless superficial ulcers commonly occur uh, on the oral mucosa, tongue and glans penis. Balantitis, balanitis circinata. Particularly characteristic are vesicles, sometimes identical to pustular psoriasis of the palms and soles and around the nails and becomes hyperkeratotic and form crusts, so-called keratoderma blenorragicum. Keratoderma blenorragicum can also include erythema, plaque, no, plaques, and sculling. Nails may become dystrophic. Erythema nodosum also have, uh, has also been reported in reactive arthritis, especially after Yersinia infection. Urethritis may develop 7 to 40 days, no, in two weeks, the after sexual contact or occasional after dysentery, 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 dysentery. low-grade fever, conjunctivitis and arthritis develop over the next few weeks. Uh, not all features may occur, so incomplete forms need to be considered. It, in men, the arthritis is less painful and productive of purulent discharge than acute gonococcal arthritis and may be associated with hemorrhagic cystitis, cystitis, cystitis or prostatitis. In women, arthritis and cervicitis may be mild with dysuria, dysuria or slight vaginal discharge or asymptomatic. Conjunctivitis is the most common eye lesion. It usually causes mild eye redness 
and greediness, but keratatitis and anterior uveitis can develop also, causing eye pain, photophobia, uh, photophobia, and tearing. Rarely, cardiovascular complications, for example, aortitis, aortic insufficiency, cardioconduction defects, pleuritis, and central nervous system or peripheral nervous system uh, system symptoms develop. Actually, me never seen in aortitis, but who knows? Who knows? So and anyway, uh, diagnosis. Diagnosis of reactive arthritis. So typical arthritis, symptom of antecedent gastrointestinal or gen genitourinary infection. One other extra articular feature. Reactive arthritis should be suspected in patients with acute asymmetric arthritis affecting the large joints of the lower extremities or toes, particularly if there is a tendonitis or a history of antecedent diarrhea or dysuria. Uh, di dysuria, dysuria, dysuria. Diagnosis is ultimately clinical and requires the typical peripheral arthritis with symptoms of genitourinary or gastrointestinal inf infection or one of other extra articular features. Because these features may manifest at different times, definitive diagnosis may require several months. Serum and synovial fluid complement levels are high, but these findings are not usually diagnostic and need to be measured. Dissemented Disseminated, disseminated. Gonococcal infection can closely stimulate reactive arthritis. Anthrocentesis may, may fail to differentiate them owing to inflammatory characteristics of synovial fluid in both disorders and the difficulty of culture, culturing gonococci from, the flu from this fluid. Clinical characteristics may help Disseminated gonococcal infections tends to involve upper and lower extremities equally, be more migratory and not cause back pain, and vesicles tend not to be hyperkeratotic. A positive uh, gonococcal culture from blood or skin lesions helps differentiate the two disorders. Actually, uh, this is a question of differential diagnosis. But a positive culture, culture from the urethra or cervix, although suggestive, does not. If differentiation is still difficult, a response to ceftriaxone treatment after about a week may be required for simultaneous diagnosis and treatment. Psoriatic arthritis can simulate reactive arthritis causing similar skin lesions, not lesions, uveitis and asymmetric arthritis. However, psoriatic arthritis often affects mostly the upper extremities and especially the distal interphalangeal joints may be abrupt in onset but may also develop gradually and tends not to cause mouse ulcers or symptoms or gen genitourinary or gastrointestinal infection. Ah, differential diagnosis. Yeah, Raider's disease, differential diagnosis. No, actually, we answered, but let's go. Okay, say Professor Raider's disease, differential diagnosis. Raider's disease, also known as reactive arthritis, 
shares clinical features with several other conditions, and a proper differential diagnosis is important to accurately diagnose the condition. So, some of the main differential diagnoses of Rater's disease. Ankylosing spondylitis. Ankylosing spondylitis is a chronic inflammatory arthritis that primarily affects the spine, causing inflammation and fusion of the vertebrae. It can also involve other joints, including the hips, knees and shoulders. Ankylosing spondylitis is also associated with the HLA-B27 genetic marker similar to Rader's disease and may present with similar symptoms such as joint pain, stiffness and inflammation. Distinguishing between Rader's disease and ankylosing spondylitis may require a thorough evaluation of the clinical presentation, laboratory tests, imaging studies and family history. Psoriatic arthritis uh, psoriatic arthritis is a form of inflammatory arthritis that occurs in the individuals uh, with psoriasis, a chronic skin condition. It can involve various joints, including the fingers, toes, spine, and other large, large joints, and may present, maybe may present with similar symptoms as Rader's disease, such as joint pain, swelling, and stiffness. Skin manifestations of psoriasis, such as scaly patches and nail changes, may also be present. A careful evaluation of the skin findings, joint symptoms, and relevant laboratory and imaging tests can help differentiate between Rader's disease and psoriatic arthritis. Infectious arthritis. Uh, infection arthritis, also known as a septic arthritis, is a joint infection caused by bacteria, viruses, or fungi. It can present with similar symptoms as Rater's disease, including joint pain, swelling, and inflammation. However, in infection arthritis, the joint infection is typically the primary cause of the inflammation, whereas in Rader's disease is triggered by an infection elsewhere in the body. Laboratory tests, joint fluid analysis and imaging studies can help differentiate between infection arthritis and Rader's disease. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic autoimmune disease that primarily affects the joints, causing inflammation, pain and deformity. While it differs from Rider's disease in terms of its underlying mechanisms and trigger, some clinical features, such as joint pain, swelling, and stiffness, can overlap. Rheumatoid arthritis usually present with a symmetrical pattern of joint involvement, and laboratory tests from, for autoantibodies, such as rheumatoid factor and anticyclic calcinated uh, citrullinated, so, sorry, 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 citrullin CCP, yeah, and uh, anticyclic citrullinated peptide, CCP, antibodies can help differentiate it from Rader's disease. No, and uh, finally, other inflammatory arthritis, uh, other forms of inflammatory arthritis, such as lupus arthritis, juvenile idiopathic arthritis, and inflammatory osteoarthritis, can also overlap in clinical features with Rader's disease. 
Of course, careful evaluation of the patient's clinical presentation, medical history, laboratory tests, and imaging studies can help differentiate between these conditions. Uh, treatment of reactive arthritis, so non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDs, supportive sulfasalazine doxycycline, methotrexazole, or combination, and supportive measure, measures. So let's no go don't don't go into details huh, because uh, it's largely sufficient. So we find treatment, uh, non-steroidal uh, NSAID, NSAIDs, sometimes uh, sulfasalazine, the uh, doxycycline, methotrexate, or a combination, and finally supportive measures. So uh, okay, for for example, uh, when we talk about NSAIDs. Indomethacin 25, or uh, if the question uh, you will ask about uh, milligrams or uh, medicals. For example, indomethacin, one of the most common used drugs. Huh? It can be uh, indomethacin 25 or 250 milligrams three times a day. Usually help relieve symptoms of reactive arthritis if induced by infection with trachomatis. Uh, doxycycline, 100 milligram orally two times a day for up to three months may accelerate recovery, but this is controversial. Uh, you can kill a patient with three months antibiotic treatment. Uh, don't talk about that uh, to jury. Huh? So sulfasalazine or sulfosalazine, sulfasalazine is a more correct, of course, that used um, to treat rheumatoid arthritis may also be helpful. Uh, if symptoms are severe despite anesthetics and sulfasalazine, methotrexate may be considered. Local injection or depot of depot, depot corticosteroids for uh, antisopathy or resistant oligoarthritis may relieve symptoms. Physical therapy aimed at maintaining joint mobility is helpful during the recovery phase. Anterior uveitis is treated as usual with corticosteroid and midriatic eye drops or midriatic, uh, midriatic eye drop, oh, midriatic, midriatic drops to prevent scarring, scar, scarring, yeah. Conjunctivitis and mucocutaneous lesions, lesions require only symptomatic treatment. Screening for human immunodeficiency virus and other sexual transmitted uh, infections, sexually transmitted infections, and treating sex partners are highly recommended. So finally, what we've got ah rehab, 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 rehabilitation. Raiders disease the rehabilitation. So Raiders syndrome, Raiders disease rehabilitation, also known as reactive arthritis, is a chronic inflammatory condition that can affect the joints, eyes, and other organs. Rehabilitation plays an important role in managing Raiders disease and improving the overall function, capacity, and quality of life of affected individuals. The specific rehabilitation may vary depending on the severity of the disease and the affected organs and the individual's overall health status. Here some general principles of rehabilitation for Raiders disease. Pain management. Pain is, of course, huh? pain is the most, is a common cause, that causes symptom, signs, clinical signs, symptoms of Raiders disease and effective pain management is a crucial part, hallmark of rehabilitation. Pain medications such as NSAIDs, uh, 
in a sense, non-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory drugs, uh, may be prescribed, must be prescribed uh, to relieve joint pain, joint pain and inflammation. In some cases, corticosteroids or other immunosuppressive medications may be used to control inflammation. Physical modalities such as hot or cold packs may also be used to help alleviate pain. Uh, joint uh, mobility exercises. Joint mobility exercises are important to maintain to improve joint range or motion, uh, joint range of motion, and prevent joint stiffness. A physical therapist or occupational therapist can provide guidance to on a pro uh, on appropriate exercise for the affected joints, taking into account the severity of joint inflammation and other health factors. Gentle range of motion exercise, stretching and flexibility exercise may be recommended to maintain joint mobility and prevent joint contractures. Strengthening exercises. Strengthening exercises can help improve muscle strength and joint stability, which can be particularly beneficial for individuals with Raiders disease who may have weakened muscles due to decreased activity or joint inflammation. Resistance, resistance exercises using resistance bands, weights or body weight may be recommended to strengthen muscles around the affected joints and promote joint stability. What else? Functional training. Functional training focuses on improving the individual's ability to perform everyday activities, such as, for example, walking, uh, climbing stairs, and other functional movements. Depending on the severity of joint involvement, a physical therapist or occupational therapist may provide functional training tailored to the individual's specific needs and limitations. That it will be excellent, of course. Assistive devices such as orthotics or, 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 or walking aids may be recommended to facilitate, to facilitate functional mobility. Education, of course, education, self-management, education and self-management are important components of rehabilitation of any chronic disease. And no, we talk about Raiders disease, Raiders syndrome, Raiders disease, reactive arthritis. A patient should be educated about the nature of the condition, the importance of adhering to the treatment plan and strategies for managing symptoms and preventing disease flares. Disease flares. Yes, yeah. self-management techniques such as pacing activities, managing stress, ah, and maintaining a healthy lifestyle can also be helpful in managing Raiders disease in the long term. No, as as another as other any chronic disease other any chronic conditions. Eye care Raiders disease can also affect the eyes. and uh, causing inflammation and other eye-related symptoms. Proper eye care, including regular eye examination, eye drops or uh, other medications as prescribed, and following any specific recommendations from an ophthalmologist, it's important important part of rehabilitation for individuals with eye involvement in Raiders disease.
And psychological support. Chronic inflammatory conditions like Graders' disease can have a significant impact on individual's psychological well-being. Rehabilitation may include may include psychological psychological support such as counseling or therapy to help individuals cope with the uh, emotional with emotional challenges my friends or living with a chronic condition and manage stress anxiety or depression that may arise as a result so that is all answered 35 minutes i'm talking about that so of course we have no time in the exams to answer in this manner but anyway questions are this so thank you for your attention my dear friends thank you for your attention see you in another lectures re-listening this video several times like others other videos to understand this what i'm talking about to get their information under your skin and see you in another lectures so don't forget to follow and subscribe the channel god bless you bye bye